Good evening. Welcome to the Gospel Call. I'm your host, Russ McCullough, with the Archdale Church of Christ in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, tonight is our, what normally would be our Wednesday night Bible study, but we are scattered at the moment in the Acts 8-4 moment of time. And we are in the middle of an introduction to the Old Testament. We're looking at each individual book, and today we are looking at the second installment of the book of Jeremiah, a segment that we're entitling Jeremiah the Illustrator, the Metaphors of God's Coming Judgment. And Jeremiah is a very unusual prophet. He is the weeping prophet, the lamenting prophet, the prophet who lived a life of incredible separation and sadness, not to mention persecution and possibly even martyrdom. We don't know for sure. Some scholars say he was martyred, but we don't know. But Jeremiah is unusual for another reason. He was called at a very young age. Some scholars say that he may, operative word here, may, have been as young as 10 years old when he was called and he died at an old age, probably north of 70. He prophesied for five different kings of Judah and was taken into captivity to Babylon in chains. Now to understand all the illustrations and all the metaphors of God's coming judgment upon Judah, uh, we have to know a little bit about the call of Jeremiah and the circumstances. So if you'll turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1, we're going to read through verse 10. Jeremiah 1, 1 through 10. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Behold, I formed you in the womb. I knew you, and before you were born I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See. I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, 
to build and to plant. May the Lord add a blessing to his word as it is read and heard. We want to talk, as we mentioned, about all the ways that Jeremiah illustrated with metaphors the judgment of God, which is coming on to Judah. And as he's prophesying judgment, he's pleading with them to repent, for it is such a late hour for them. Sadly, as we know, they did not. As far as we know, Jeremiah never converted anyone. But he did the will of the Lord because the Lord told him to speak. And he spoke. So we want now to commence with the various ways that he illustrated this coming judgment in his sermons to the people. The first way he illustrates the judgment of God is in the form of an almond branch. Chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. I like men will observe an almond branch. God is watching over his word to perform it. The next illustration he uses is in chapter 1, verses 13 to 16, the boiling cauldron. The word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and they shall come. Everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem against all its walls and all around and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgments against them for all their evil in forsaking me. They have made offerings to other gods and worshiped the works of their own hands. And he's referencing here, of course, the Babylonians. And we might say, well, isn't Babylon to the east of Judah? Well, yes, it is. But because of the mountainous region of that part of the world, all the invading armies would go north of Israel and Judah and then come south through the narrow mountain passes because it's the only way an army is going to get into Judah or to Israel. You couldn't attack uh, directly from the east to the west because you had the Jordan River and you had the mountain ranges. So they would go up north uh, up to uh, modern-day Syria and then turn south through the mountain passes, through the valleys, and come into uh, Israel and Judah that way. The next thing he illustrates the judgment of God as being is the lions. The lions, chapter 2 and verse uh, 15. 
The lions have roared against him. He's speaking of Israel. They have roared loudly. They have made his land a waste. The cities are in ruins without inhabitant. And so he's using a lion to illustrate the devastation of judgment. The next metaphor or illustration is in chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Chapter 4, 11 and 12. And here he talks about the scorching wind. And the scorching wind is metaphor for a famine because when the dry wind comes, kills the crops. And when crops are killed in a dry wind, people starve. Chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. At that time, I will be. it will be said to this people and to Jerusalem, a hot wind from the bare heights in the desert toward the daughter of my people, not to winnow or cleanse. A wind too full for this comes for me. Now it is I who speak the judgment upon them. So the judgment is like a scorching wind. The next illustration and metaphor is that of the wolf. A lion and a wolf are feared animals out in the desert. Chapter 5 and verse 6, this is what the word of God says through Jeremiah. Therefore a lion from the forest shall strike them down. A wolf from the desert shall devastate them. A leopard is watching their cities. Everyone who goes out of them shall be torn in pieces because their transgressions are many. Their apostasies are great. Essentially, God here is calling upon the wolf and the leopard and the lion, as it were, metaphorically, to rip apart the people if they try to escape. There is not going to be an escape. You will either die or you will go captive. These are the choices that the people will have. And they're in this judgment because their transgressions and their apostasies. The lion, the wolf, and the leopard. The next metaphor or illustration is chapter uh, 5 and verse 10. Go up through her vine rows and destroy, but make not a full end. Strip away her branches, for they are not the Lord's. Uh, the stripping of the branches of Judah is another way to illustrate metaphorically the coming judgment of God. God is going to come away and strip away the branches of the vine. Uh, a vine stripped of its branches is of no use to anyone. Chapter 5 and verse 14, fire is used as an illustration and as a metaphor for the judgment of God. Therefore, says the Lord, the God of hosts, because you have spoken this word, behold, I am making my words in your mouth a fire, and this people would, and the fire shall consume them. Again, this is a, an illustration, a metaphor of God's judgment. God is putting his word in the mouth of Jeremiah, 
And when Jeremiah speaks it to the people, it will be as fire consuming wood. The people will be consumed by the judgment, which is like a fire. The next illustration or metaphor is chapter 7, verse 14. Chapter 7, verse uh, 14 says this. We'll start with verse 13 for the complete sentence. And now, because you have done all these things, he's speaking to Judah, declares the Lord. And when I spoke to you persistently, you did not listen. And when I called you, you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house that is called by my name, and in which you trust, and to the place that I gave to you and to your fathers as I did in Shiloh. God is going to make the temple like Shiloh. Shiloh was once the place where the tabernacle of God rested most of the time during the time of the judges for about a 350-year period uh, or more until David took the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem and then Solomon built the temple and it stayed there until the time of Nebuchadnezzar. But after the Ark left Shiloh, it became a desolate place and abandoned and pretty much forgotten. And so God says, uh, this temple that you have, that you put your trust in, they didn't put their trust in God. They put their trust in the temple because in the temple was the Holy of Holies where God was. It was as if in their mind, they had God captive inside their temple. And as long as God was there, God had to protect his house. And therefore, nobody was going to come around and do anything to it. Now, there was some support for this assumption. It was an assumption, a false assumption. But the people knew what had happened a hundred years before their time when Sennacherib, excuse me, the Syrian came, surrounded Jerusalem, had Hezekiah in there trapped as, as it were like a bird in a cage. And it looked like Hezekiah was going to succumb to Sennacherib, that the Assyrian horde would take over uh, Jerusalem. Uh, but it was not to be so because the angel of the Lord appeared and drove that entire army away. And so um, they remembered that and they assumed incorrectly that God would do that again, no matter what kind of lives that they were leading. They thought they had God in a box, but they didn't. God says, I'm going to turn your temple into Shiloh. Chapter 8 and verse 17. 8 and verse 17. For behold, I am sending among you, Judah, serpents, adders that cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, declares the Lord. The judgment of God is likened to biting snakes that bring death. A terrible illustration, but that is what God wants 
Judah to hear. Through all these illustrations and metaphors of Jeremiah, he wants them to understand that he is coming in judgment and there's precious little time to repent, even though there is time to repent, but sadly they did not. So the serpents were metaphorical to the judgment of God. The next illustration that we want to talk about is in chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. Chapter 11, 16 and 17. He says, The Lord once called you, being Judah, a green olive tree, beautiful with good fruit, but with the roar of a great tempest, he will set fire to it, and its branches will be consumed. The Lord of hosts who planted you has decreed disaster against you because of the evil that the house of Israel and the house of Judah have done, provoking me to anger by making offerings to Baal. Uh, in this book, Judah and Israel are used interchangeably. Now, technically, we know that Israel no longer exists, Israel being the ten northern tribes. They were destroyed by Sennacherib the Syrian, no more to be reassembled. But uh, there was a remnant of faithful Israelites who escaped and fled to Judah and became part of the nation of Judah, which consisted of the faithful tribes of Judah and Benjamin. Faithful in the sense that they were faithful longer than the ten tribes of the north. And so when we read Jeremiah, these terms are interchangeable, Israel and Judah. So God is liking them to a beautiful olive tree he's planted. And olive trees in the Near East, Middle East, and those years were extremely valuable. Not only did they provide fruit, but they provided shade, and the fruit that they rendered was a fruit that was not only useful, but brought great wealth. The oil of the olive was sent all over the world. And it was a sign of great wealth and prosperity. God says, almost set fire to it. And the branches are going to be consumed. The olive tree that was once beautiful will be no more. Then he talks about in chapter 12 and verse 17, another illustration <laughs> or metaphor. Chapter 12 and verse 17. God says this, But if any nation will not listen, then I will utterly pluck it up and destroy it, declares the Lord. The illustration is one who is in the garden and sees a plant that is 
displeasing in some way. And the farmer reaches down and grabs it and literally rips it out of the ground and throws it into the fire. That's the kind of idea that God says. The uprooting of nations is metaphorical to the judgment of God. Chapter 13, uh, 1 to 11, uh, talks about a rather lengthy illustration, but we'll read it. Thus says the Lord to me, Go and buy a linen loincloth and put it around your waist and do not dip it in water. So I bought a loincloth according to the word of the Lord and put it around my waist. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Take the loincloth that you have bought, which is around your waist, and arise, go to the Euphrates and hide it in there in a cleft of the rock. So I went and hid it in by the Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. And after many days, the Lord said to me, Arise, go to the Euphrates, and take from there the loincloth that I have commanded you to hide there. Then I went to the Euphrates and dug, and I took the loincloth from the place where I had hidden it. And behold, the loincloth was spoiled. It was good for nothing. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Thus says the Lord, Even so will I spoil the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. This evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own heart and have gone after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. For as the loincloth clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory but they would not listen. The loincloth is used as an illustration, as a metaphor by God to Jeremiah to preach to the people in sermon format how God is um, going to take something very valuable and make it something very worthless. Just as they had at one time, embraced God close as a loincloth, but then rejected it and soiled it, and it became worthless. So it is with the judgment of God. He is going to come and render useless that which was once most prized. Uh, chapter 13, 12, and 14, another illustration. You shall speak to them this word, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, every jar shall be filled with wine. And they will say to you, do we not indeed know that every jar will be filled with wine? Then you shall say to them, thus says the Lord, behold, I will fill with drunkenness all the inhabitants of this land, the kings who sit on David's throne, the priests, the prophets, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will dash them one against another, fathers and sons together, declares the Lord. I will not pity or spare or have compassion that I should not destroy them. Just so like, like many bottles of wine broken together, fathers and sons will be broken together in destruction. Another illustration 
of God's judgment. He's going to destroy them all because they would not repent. Uh, chapter 19, 10, and 11. Chapter 19, 10, and 11. Then you shall break the flask in the sight of the men who will go with you and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, So will I break this people and this city as one breaks a potter's vessel so that it can never be mended. Men shall bury in Topeth because there will be no place else to bury. Thus will I do to this place, declares the Lord, and to its inhabitants, making this city like Topeth. The houses of Jerusalem and the houses of the king of Judah and all the houses on whose roofs offerings have been offered to all the host of heaven and drink offerings have been poured out to other gods shall be defiled like the place of Topeth. The shattered potter's vessel. The shattered potter's jar. The shattered potter's flask. God is going to break break Israel and Judah like so much glass. The next uh, metaphor is chapter 23 and verse 29. Chapter 23, verse 29. Is not my word like a fire, declares the Lord? And like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. God's judgment is like a sledgehammer breaking apart a rock. That's what's going to happen to Judah. Chapter 25, 15, another illustration. Chapter 25, verse 15. Thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, Take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. This is very similar to much of the language in the book of Revelation where God's judgment is illustrated as bowls of wrath. And when they are filled, they will spill out the wrath upon the world. And so he uses this illustration to Jeremiah as well. God's cup of wrath is like his judgment. His judgment is a cup of wrath pouring down upon the people. They are made to consume their destruction. Chapter 26, verse 18. 26, 18. Micah of Morsheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah king of Judah and said to all the people of Judah, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed as a field. Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins and the mountain of the house a wooded height. God is going to render judgment to Judah 
And it's illustrated this way that the judgment will be like plowing a city under to the point where no one even knows that people once lived there. Chapter 27, verse 2. Thus the Lord said to me, Make yourself straps and yoke bars and put them on your neck. In 28.13 is this same kind of thing illustrated. Go tell Hananiah, Thus says the Lord, You have broken wooden bars, but you have made in their place bars of iron. The judgment of God is illustrated as Bars of wood and iron will be fastened around the necks of the captives as they're drug off to captivity. And then chapter 50 and verse 23. Chapter 50 and verse 23. How the hammer of the whole earth is cut down and broken. How Babylon has become a horror among the nations. Babylon is defined here as God's judgment as a tool. As it were, God is picking up the tool, the hammer of Babylon. And with the hammer of Babylon, he's going to smash it into Judah and bring them into judgment. And then chapter 51, verse 25. Chapter 51, verse 25. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, declares the Lord, which destroys the whole earth. I will stretch out my hand against you and roll you down from the crags and make you a burnt mountain. In one word of hope, God is saying that his judgment will not only come upon Judah, it will also come on Babylon as well. For even though God used them as a tool to destroy Judah, Babylon was not a righteous nation either. They were extremely wicked and violent people, and God brought them to a complete and total end, as we know at the hands of the Medes and the Persians. So there we have it, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, an illustrator, a man who preached powerful sermons to a wicked people, a stiff-necked people, a proud people, an unrepentant people who scoffed at his message who rejected his message up to and including extreme violence 
and threats of death against him. And yet he preached it anyway. He was faithful anyway. And he continued to preach and he continued to weep. And so today, as we find ourselves in our own trying times, we need to reflect upon Jeremiah and his prophecies, Jeremiah and his illustrations, Jeremiah and his metaphors, Jeremiah and his sermons, pleading for the people to repent while there's still time. That has to be our message to a lost and dying world. Repent while there's still time, because judgment is coming. God bless you, and thank you so much for listening.